Section 27 of History of Henry IV, King of France and Navarre by John Stevens Cabot Abbott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 10, War and Woe, Part 2. A terrible battle immediately ensued. All fought bravely, ferociously, infernally. Love and peace are the elements of heaven. Hatred and war are the elements of hell man upon the battlefield even in a good cause must call to his aid the energies of the world of woe rushing squadrons swept the field crushing beneath iron hoofs the dying and the dead grape-shot mowed down the crowded ranks splintering bones and lacerating nerves and extorting shrieks of agony which even the thunders of the battle could not drown henry plunged into the thickest of the fight everywhere exposing himself to peril like the humblest soldier the conflict was too desperate to be long-lasting. In less than an hour the field of battle was crimson with blood and covered with mangled corpses. The leaguers began to waver. They broke and fled in awful confusion. The miserable fugitives were pursued and cut down by the keen swords of the cavalry, while from every eminence the cannon of the victors ploughed their retreating ranks with balls henry himself headed the cavalry in the impetuous pursuit that the day might be the more decisive when he returned covered with blood he was greeted from his triumphant ranks with the shout vivre le roi marshal biron with a powerful reserve had remained watching the progress of the fight ready to avail himself of any opportunity which might present to promote or increase the discomfiture of the foe he now joined the monarch saying this day sire you have performed the part of marshal biron and marshal biron that of the king let us praise god marshal answered henry for the victory is his the routed army fled with the utmost precipitation in two directions one division toward chartres and the other toward ivry the whole royalist army hung upon their rear assailing them with every available missile of destruction the duke of mayenne fled across the eure thousands of his broken bands were crowding the shore striving to force their way across the thronged bridge when the royalist cavalry led by the monarch himself was seen in the distance spurring furiously over the hills mayenne himself having passed in order to secure his own safety cruelly gave the command to destroy the bridge leaving the unhappy men who had not yet crossed at the mercy of the victors the bridge was immediately blown up many of those thus abandoned in their terror cast themselves into the flooded stream where multitudes were drowned others shot their horses and built a rampart of their bodies behind this revolting breastwork they defended themselves until one after another they all fell beneath the sabres and the bullets of the protestants in this dreadful retreat more than two thousand were put to the sword large numbers were drowned and many were taken captive in this day so glorious to the royalist cause more than one half of the army of the leaguers were either slain or taken prisoners though the duke of mayenne escaped many of his best generals perished upon the field of battle or were captured it is reported that henry shouted to his victorious troops as they were cutting down the fugitives spare the french they are our brethren 
this celebrated battle has often been the theme of the poet but no one has done the subject better justice than mr macaulay in the following spirited lines they are intended to express the feelings of an huguenot soldier the battle of ivry the king has come to marshal us all in his armour dressed and he has bound a snow-white plume upon his gallant crest he looked upon his people and a tear was in his eye he looked upon the traitors and his glance was stern and high right graciously he smiled on us as rolled from wing to wing down all our line a deafening shout god save our lord the king and if my standard-bearer fall as fall full well he may for never saw i promise yet of such a bloody fray press where ye see my white plume shine amid the ranks of war and be your oriflamme to-day the helmet of navarre hooray the foes are coming hark to the mingled din of fife and steed and trump and drum and roaring culverin the fiery duke is pricking fast across st andre's plain with all the hireling chivalry of gilders and almain now by the lips of those we love fair gentlemen of france charge for the golden lilies now upon them with the lance a thousand spurs are striking deep a thousand spears in rest a thousand knights are pressing close behind the snow-white crest and on they burst and on they rushed while like a guiding star amid the thickest carnage blazed the helmet of navarre now god be praised the day is ours mayenne hath turned his reign domal hath cried for quarter the flemish count is slain their ranks are breaking like thin clouds before a biscay gale the field is heaped with bleeding steeds and flags and cloven mail and then we thought on vengeance and all along our van remember saint bartholomew was passed from man to man but out spake gentle henry no frenchman is my foe down down with every foreigner but let your brethren go oh was there ever such a night in friendship or in war as our sovereign lord king henry the soldier of navarre this decisive battle established henry on the throne mayenne still held paris and many other important fortresses and other parts of france but his main army was defeated and dispersed and he could no longer venture to encounter henry in the open field having thrown some additional forces into paris which city he knew henry would immediately besiege he fled to flanders to obtain reinforcements paris was in consternation not a town in its vicinity could resist the conqueror henry was but two days march from his rebellious capital the leaguers could hope for no aid for many weeks the royalist cause had many friends among the parisians eager for an opportunity to raise within their walls the banner of their lawful sovereign henry had now the entire command of the seine from rouen to paris had he immediately marched upon the capital there can be no doubt that it would have been compelled to surrender but for some reason which has never been satisfactorily explained he remained for a fortnight within one day's march of the field of ivry 
various causes have been surmised for this unaccountable delay but there is no authentic statement to be found in any letters written by henry or in any contemporaneous records the time however thus lost whatever might have been the cause proved to him a terrible calamity the partisans of the league in the city had time to recover from their panic and to strengthen their defences and to collect supplies one act of magnanimity which henry performed during this interval is worthy of record two regiments of swiss catholics who had been sent to fight beneath the banners of mayenne had surrendered to the royal forces they were for a few days intensely anxious respecting their fate henry restored to them their ensigns furnished them with money supplied them with provisions and sent them back to their native country he gave them a letter to the swiss cantons with dignity reproaching them for their violation of the friendly treaty existing between switzerland and the crown of france it was not until the twenty eighth of march that henry appeared before the walls of paris by this time the leaguers had made preparations to resist him provisions and military stores had been accumulated troops had been hurried into the city and arrangements were made to hold out till mayenne could bring them succour now a siege was necessary with all its accompaniments of blood and woe there were now fifty thousand fighting men in the city when henry commenced the siege with but twelve thousand foot and three thousand horse in this emergence the energy of henry returned he took possession of the river above and below the city batteries were reared upon the heights of montmartre and montfaucon and cannon-balls portentous of the rising storm began to fall in the thronged streets of the metropolis in the midst of this state of things the old cardinal de bourbon died the leaguers had pronounced him king under the title of charles x the insurgents discomfited in battle and with many rival candidates ambitious of the crown were not in a condition to attempt to elect another monarch they thought it more prudent to combine and fight for victory postponing until some future day their choice of a king the catholic priests were almost universally on their side and urged them by all the most sacred importunities of religion rather to die than to allow a heretic to ascend the throne of france End of section twenty seven